Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle with you and with my sidekick and advisor and consigliere, <laughs> Doug DePiero. Hey, hello, um, Dick Morris. Hello. It's an honor. You know, um, DeSantis is falling behind badly, uh, eight points further behind now than when he actually announced. Not because he lacks people skills, as some folks are saying, and not because he he's not ready for the big time. He's failing because which he, he's not. He's failing because he has no message. He has no theme as to why he should defeat Donald Trump, of what he'd do better. Uh, part of the the animosity between the two of them, of course, is based in Trump's uh, feeling that DeSantis has been ungrateful because Trump endorsed him and right. put him in office. Mm-hmm. Diego? You don't bring me flowers. <laughs> you don't sing me love songs. You hardly talk to me anymore. When I come through the door at the end of the day. I wasn't ready for the music. That was good. So that's that's Trump's point of view. But <laughs> the you problem, don't send me flowers. Yeah, but the problem is that DeSantis has absolutely no message. Uh, he says that he'll that he can serve for two terms, and Trump can only serve for one, so he can get twice as much done. Yeah, sure. And Trump came back and said, "I don't need two terms. I need." Six months right. uh, to do all this stuff and, and basically look at everything he did in one term right. last time. Uh, DeSantis says that being president should not be a form of entertainment or uh, or role-playing. And uh, who would confuse Donald Trump with Bob Hope? Right. Um, I mean, he's not a form of entertainment. He was a great president who did a lot of stuff. Uh, DeSantis says that he's to the right of Trump on abortion. Well, how dare he when Trump is the guy who got Roe v. Wade overturned, something we've tried to do for 50 years. Right. And uh, Trump basically says that he, Roe v. Wade, he fought hard for no federal mandate for the states to control this. And he won, and he's not about to go back and give the feds power over abortion again. DeSantis distorts that to say he's pro-abortion. Um, uh, DeSantis yells that, or hollers at Trump for supporting a law that permitted people to be let out of jail and what it is is nonviolent felons uh, who are near the end of their sentence could be released because of prison overcrowding. Right. And Christie leaves out one minor, de- um, DeSantis leaves out one minor detail. He voted for the law. <laughs> so what business does he have criticizing uh, You know who? You DeSantis know what DeSantis needs, Dick Morris? You know what he needs? What? Dick Morris. Well, yeah, he ain't getting them. <laughs> he ain't getting them. I mean, this guy has no message, nothing to say. Uh, he says that uh, that Trump is uh, is moving to the left, and the day he does that, Trump issues an executive says he'll issue an executive order ending automatic citizenship, birthright citizenship, yeah, right. for the children and people that came here illegally. Yeah, that's some liberal position. Why did that happen? When who instated that? that well, that's in the Constitution. The Constitution says the, land, the-, the Constitution says that if you live in the United States under the jurisdiction thereof, any child you have is automatically a citizen. And the controversy comes where Trump is saying if they came here illegally and they're hiding out, they are not under the jurisdiction thereof. Uh, they're they're trespassing here, right. and we should not give them the birthright oh, citizen right, citizenship which I think is really a good argument. And I think that the uh, that 
DeSantis just has no message, nothing to say. And the result is that he ends up uh, with with a series of sort of pity-pat punches, nothing really serious, nothing, no no really threat to to uh, Trump's candidacy, uh, but... Uh, but just something for him to say, something for him to articulate. And I think that that, that problem uh, is ultimately going to be fatal to the candidacy uh, because it's clear that he does not have a theme. Um, let's go to... I'm sorry, I just... Yeah, he says that Trump was a loser uh, because of the 22 elections and uh, and that... The, that he uh, he led the Republicans to defeat, but he omits the fact that he helped, that because of him we took the House, uh, which you can see how important that is. We wouldn't know the truth about Biden and China if it weren't for us winning the House, and we wouldn't have won the House if it weren't for Trump. Uh, he says, and he says that DeSantis keeps talking about the things he's done in Florida, and. Uh, I think that the answer to that is, okay, you've been reelected governor. You did great things as governor. Now stay as governor. Uh, don't run for president. You know, when you think about it, Donald Trump has taken on Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, Xi Jinping, the ruler of China, and DeSantis has taken on Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I didn't love that. <laughs> I mean... What has this guy done uh, of that order of magnitude to, to say that he should replace Trump in power? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, and then finally DeSantis says that, well, Trump has a lot of baggage, and by that he means that he's been indicted and that he's probably going to be indicted again oh my God. by Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. And the indictment by Smith, if it happens, will be for doing exactly what Biden did, taking archives home. And uh, the difference is that uh, Smith says that Biden willingly let, let us have it, uh, even though he hid it in his garage behind his Corvette. And, For like 10 years. Yeah, right. And the Trump uh, defied the orders to give it, even though he gave them most of them. He just left some out inadvertently, I think. And uh, based on that, he's accusing Trump of obstruction of justice and is going to indict him again. But they just don't realize that every time they indict Trump, every time they come after him, uh, in fact, they're helping him. He had a 10-point jump when Bragg indicted him. And if Smith indicts him, I think he's going to be able to go uh, even further. Uh, I think that, that it's clear that, that these indict, that the more they prosecute... It's a, it's a spinach, you know, like Popeye with a spinach? Yeah, right. <laughs> the, spinach. the more they persecute him, the better he does. And DeSantis can't get over the fact that he voted to raise the retirement age to 70. 70. Uh, and to lower cost of living adjustments. Let me explain that. There are two ways to calculate the cost of living. One is the actual cost of prices. And the other is wages. How much have they gone up? And price increase gives you a higher cost of living adjustment. And but Social Security bases their cost of living adjustment on wages. And Trump wants to go to prices, which will give you a better cost of living adjustment. Uh, who we got? Let's see, uh, Sal from Staten Island. Hi, Sal. How are you? Hey, Sal. Hope you're doing well. Can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. Okay. How you doing, Dick? I'm doing good, but what's on your mind? I'm going to be thorough. First of all, I want to try to get on there in Memorial Day weekend, and I want to make a challenge courtesy of Mayuchi and Marconi. Everyone in the sound of my voice, make every day American Memorial Day. Help American veterans go to the state VA uh, nursing homes. Go to the federal VA nursing homes. Do something to help American veterans. They make up two-thirds of the homeless men and women and 13,000 American veterans suicides every year. One every hour, God forgive them. All yeah. I want to bring up that the smart thing would be if Trump would ask DeSantis to be his running mate. Then you have a balance of a ticket. Yeah, that we've, done have, through, we've been oh, through that. Have, we've been through that. You can't do that uh, because the Constitution says that electors in the Electoral College cannot vote for two people from the same state 
I'm the same state as they are. So you can't do that. Um, let's go to uh, Jay on Long Island. Hey, Jay. Yes. Hey, Jay. How are you, Dick? Uh, okay. I'd like to uh, uh, put a scenario before you, which could be very damaging to Trump, but I'd like to see what you think about it. You've got uh, McCarthy being built up as a, uh, oh, as a winner, you know, against Biden and so forth, and uh, as presidential material. I can see that happening. However, I don't, I don't care for him. Now, assuming that Trump is the uh, pre- uh, Republican uh, candidate for president, and we're going to assume that all of this, uh, the committees turn up enough information that Biden is forced to, re- uh, to resign uh, for uh, health reasons, let's say. I, I'm, I'm anticipating you because we're up against the break. You're saying what happens if Biden and Kamala Harris are both forced out and McCarthy becomes the president. Is that right? Now Kamala resigned. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, this well, would be after a tremendous naval loss. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you. The, I don't think Biden is ever going to resign. I think he'll simply announce that he's not going to run again. Um, so I think that, that, that I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, let's go to Steve in Boca Raton. Hi, Steve. Thank goodness, Dick. I'm your biggest fan, but I have a major point that you need to focus on, please. Polls don't win elections. And let me make this point. Voters do. The Democratic Party has a ground game second to none. The Republican Party has Ronna McDaniel, who does not want Donald Trump to win. She's related to Mitt Romney. She'd rather have a Democrat win than a Republican. We have no ground game. Donald Trump, yes, he's the best. Steve, I I can't reveal it now, but I'm spending every waking hour right now on building up the ground game. Without a doubt. In the 2020 election, we had a lot of money on ground, but it was the wrong end of the telescope. We were looking at trying to persuade people to support Trump, and that's something you can do over the media, but we already had enough persuaded voters. The important thing now is to make those voters come out to vote. And with that, you've got to look through the opposite end of the telescope, not a big impression of the candidates, but drill down to each individual voter and work on getting him out to the polls and vote. And I'm working on that every waking hour. We are working on it. When we come back, let's talk about the new entrance into the race, Chris Christie. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Politicians who are dead and buried should remain buried and not come to life and look for a second coming of themselves. And Chris Christie is now looking at running for president and probably will declare his candidacy coming up soon. But he has two big problems. The first is exemplified by the following song. George Washington Bridge, George Washington Washington Bridge. <laughs> Where did you get this? Oh, I bet you know the rest of the lyrics, huh? <laughs> I bet you could sing along. <laughs> who is that? Howdy Doody? I don't know who it is, but it's a cool song. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe for you. Uh, After the 2013 election, where Christie was reelected governor, um, he was mad at the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey, who did not support him. 
and all the other mayors in that area backed him. And Christie and his staff really singled out for anger and punishment the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey. Two Christie aides, Bill Baroni and Bridget Ann Kelly, on their own initiative, not telling Christie a word, not never informing the governor at all, decided to close down two of the three lanes entering the George Washington Bridge. And the result was three days of backups and wow, traffic jams ballsy. and everything. But they never told Christie. They never told Christie. This is not something Christie ordered because he was mad and angry at the mayor of Fort Lee. No, Christie wouldn't do that. <laughs> He's the forgiving sort. He's a nice go-along, get-along guy. He would never order lane closures to punish the Fort Lee mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey. Now, Bill Baroni and Bridget Ann Kelly, after denying strenuously that they ever told Christie or that Christie ever knew about it, and after they resigned and were sentenced to prison, the case was then reversed, uh, were, were absolutely adamant that Christie did not order it. They did this on their own. Uh, say, number three and number four person in the administration decided to tie up the entire state of New Jersey and when he did, they continued it for three days, and the traffic jams mounted, and the complaints mounted, but they didn't tell Christie that they, they did. I can't believe they actually did that. Yeah, they sick. did that. And then, talking to some people, maybe in a bar room or something, they let slip that they knew that Christie knew ah, they were doing it, and they were doing it his behest. Thickens. And of course they were. Of course they were. Uh, how? What aid would possibly? do something like that without the governor knowing about it, especially when the governor is Christie, a detailed guy, a micromanager. Right. But that wasn't the, the most important thing in his tenure. The most important thing in his tenure is that Chris Christie is more responsible for the re-election of Barack Obama oh, yeah, than anybody Obama. else in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because of Hurricane Sandy. Hit it, Diego. Hurricane Sandy so funny. was at exactly election time of 2012. It ended, I think, on November 3rd. So it was right at the crucial juncture of the campaign. And Christie had an image of being highly partisan. He had spoken at the Republican convention and excoriated President Obama and was absolutely one of the leading spokesmen in the Republican Party, condemning Obama and calling for his defeat. Then the hurricane hit, and hit with devastating force. New Jersey still hasn't really recovered oh, from it. Oh, it was big. It was unbelievably big. Destroyed all and, the beaches. And Christie turned to Washington for aid. And Obama did what he had to do. He sent the Army Corps of Engineers. He sent aid. Army did Corps. Everything. And then, uh, and then Christie uh, had a conversation with Obama. And as a result of that conversation, three days or four days before Election Day, Obama came to New Jersey, got on a helicopter with Chris Christie, they hugged each other as they got on the helicopter, mm, and they inspected the hurricane damage with the implication that Obama was coming to the rescue of these people and would help them recover from the storm. And uh, he, he luxuriated in that photo op. It was unbelievable because here was his biggest Republican critic, the guy who had savaged him repeatedly, was known for his acerbic tongue and his acerbic language, embracing Obama, and here was Obama helping somebody that had really screwed him in the past because of his <laughs> compassion and concern for the people of New Jersey. And uh, it, it was a key factor in Obama's reelection. And I have never forgiven Chris Christie for that. Romney took a lead into Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I've been excoriated at Fox News for having said Romney would win. And in the polling, right before the storm, Romney was ahead. The storm made it impossible to poll because the phone lines were out all over the Northeast, so there was no new data. 
But then Obama oh, came Oh, blame in. God. And then Obama came in with Christie and absolutely changed the scenario because of that hurricane. Right. And uh, it was something that Christie didn't need to do, and he did do. And I think it was a very, very big mistake. Um, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry. Uh, yeah, I'd like to comment on what you said about uh, DeSantis before. Um, I feel like the fact that you, you said he has no message, that would probably be the third factor in why he's so behind in the polls. And it wouldn't. And, and the second point you made about about Trump's accomplishment, that would be the second factor of why DeSantis is behind in the polls. Okay, but, we're all in suspense. Yeah, but, give us okay, the first. The, the number one factor is... <laughs> number one is that it's an overwhelming statement by, by, the, by the American public about the wrong that happened in the, two, in the 20, 2020 election and the fact that it was massively stolen. That, that, is, that is why Trump is ahead at this point, because I think you're astute enough to know that anybody uh, this early in a campaign, unless, unless he has a dark skin complexion, has no statement at this point. It has to no, evolve. No, he, uh, he, he should... Uh... He should have a program. He should run on it. And listen, put the 2020 election in perspective. It's past. Uh, Faulkner, the writer, once said that some things don't stay in the past. In fact, they haven't even passed. <laughs> and that's how I see the 2020 election. I think we have to learn the lessons from it. We have to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I'm working very hard at that. But it's not the reason to elect Donald Trump. The reason to elect Donald Trump is all the amazing things he did as president right. and that he will do if he comes back. Right. Uh, I think that that absolutely is it. Let's go to Sal in Staten Island. Hey, Sal. Hey, Sal. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Thank you, Sal. It was a great, great stuff. Uh, let's go to Max in East Hampton. Yeah, I want to ask uh, – hi, I want to ask you a question about – I read an article in the New York Post by Andrew McCarthy, and it, it talked about uh, having Trump on a, on a tape um, that um, talked about him saying uh, – having a classified document that he took from the White House after his presidency – and he uh, talked about his plan, uh, a plan that can attack, that could attack Iran. Yeah. And they have him on tape uh, and having a classified document. I, I read that. And story. according to McCarthy, that could be serious grounds for, uh, imp, you know, according to Andrew conviction. McCarthy, not Kevin McCarthy. Um, if he did, uh, he shouldn't have. But he didn't tell the Ayatollah. He didn't tell anyone in Iran. He was talking, I think, to a friend or a journalist. I forgot who the guy was. I think just a friend. And uh, he was saying that I have a plan that I've prepared to invade Iran um, in the event of nuclear weapons, which is great. He didn't give the specifics of it. There was nothing he said that really violated national security. And this is just another excuse, another gotcha moment. Are we supposed to literally not reelect Donald Trump because on an airplane he told a friend of his that he had a document that maybe he shouldn't have had? Is that how we're going to choose the next president? What about Biden's reams of documents, many of which he still hasn't returned, that he took not when he was president and could have declassified stuff, but when he was uh, vice president and had no power to declassify? Now, this is one of these scandals that will never have an end because it, the issue is, does Trump realize that a document is still classified even if he said it was declassified? And you can't prove that. That's necessary to have intent. So this is another of those wild goose chases we're about to go through that, that really end up no place. Well, Trump mentioned, I don't know if it was the last speech, I don't know when he said it, that the President of the United States could declassify something, right, as he takes it out of yep. the White House. Yep, sure can. Now, I don't know, is this constitutional? Is this right? Or? It's a statute, and right. he can. Okay, when we come back, I am going to introduce you to my sidekick, Doug DiPiero. Sidekick. 
psychic, side kick. Psychic. Who is a motorcycle man. Oh, my goodness and, gracious. And uh, he runs around the world in a motorcycle. <laughs> no, and, I ride around the we'll world. we'll talk about whether there should be helmet law for motorcyclists, which there is in New York. And Not he, in And he opposes. In Connecticut, there is no helmet law. So when he's on the turnpike, he stops at the state line. No, I don't. And takes off his helmet. No, I don't. I don't stop. I take on. it off as I'm riding. As you're driving. I do. Yeah. Good. Put on my elbow and uh, okay. I get yelled at. Hey, I actually got a ticket in New York City. You know, there's a helmet law in New York, but I don't. I ride without a helmet, even in the city, right? A cop pulled me over, gave me. I wanted to say, what about the guy across the street doing what he's yeah. doing? And what about. We'll, uh, we'll come to that in a minute. Uh, all right. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. I recorded myself yesterday on my motorcycle. That was me. Yeah. And uh, So which motorcycle? How many of you may have? <laughs> I can't tell you. Come on, how many do you No, have? my mother will get mad yeah, at me. Yeah, you can. No, I you can't. three my, here in My biggest fear is, I yep. saw this written on Facebook somewhere, my biggest fear is when I die, my wife sells all my motorcycles and cars for what I told her I paid for them. <laughs> okay, by my count, you, I'm not married. About, you have about five or six or seven or eight or ten or twelve Whatever, yeah. motorcycles. Too many. Well, I build a lot of them. You know, so <laughs> I grew up poor, so I, I used to have to, if I wanted something, I had to build it and make oh, it. This poor guy, he has a Harley, and he grew up poor and... Take out a tin cup for him so he could buy him. I this to, poor I boy to needs to buy a new heart. Okay. So I think that despite the fact that obviously anybody who knows Doug DePiro knows that he has a very hard head and a very <laughs> thick skull, oh, I, believe that he should wear, huh? I believe that he should wear a helmet. Gabados. And there is no law in New York requiring you to wear a helmet. You have to wear a helmet on a, on a bicycle, don't you? Well, New York has helmet law, so yes, on a motorcycle, also in New York. Connecticut, no. Oh, Florida, okay. no. So in Connecticut, if I have a bike and you're taking your one-year-old kid on the bike, do you have to wear a helmet? Does he have to wear a helmet? He has to. I would never take a one-year-old on a bike. I know you would never, but what about the law? No, the law. In Connecticut? I, I, no, I, think, I don't know. I think you get law. on a bike, you get on a motorcycle, you got to have a helmet. Uh, now, Why? Because you get your crash and you can kill yourself. Then don't ride a motorcycle. Yeah, but if you're worried about crashing. You know, I tell people all the time. Uh, you know, they'll talk to me. Oh, I want to get a motorcycle. I never. I'm a little nervous. Don't do it. They say I'm a little nervous. Then don't do it. Don't ride the motorcycle. Yeah, right. You know, if you're well, worried about crashing, I mean, I, I also say well, that's like I'm saying a, if you're worried about crashing your car, don't wear a seatbelt. I don't think you should have a seatbelt. I think your passengers should. You know, so that should be a law because you're driving. But if you want to drive without a seatbelt, I don't get it. You know, listen, I'm not against it. I'm not going to go and protest anywhere. But um, the other thing I tell people that want to ride in the beginning, they're starting to ride. I go, make believe you're invisible when you're on that bike and no one could see you. The other cars can't see you. And the cars that can't see you want to run you over. (laughs) And if you drive like that, it's true, You're more careful. Okay, so what this is about, folks, is during certain hours, which Doug will tell you, don't be in New York. Don't cross the street. <laughs> don't drive your car because a motorcycle driven by Doug DiPiero may come and mow you down. Never, ever. I'm not going to scratch my motorcycle. <laughs> have some guy bleeding all over my bike. I can't now, have that. Doug, tell me about how you drive in traffic in New York with your bike. Well, you know, a lot of times you see these guys going in between cars. Um, I guess we call that shaving lanes. I will do that if the traffic is stopped. If the traffic, if the traffic is moving, um, 
I won't do that. It's got to be dead stopped, and then I'll go through the traffic. That's why I own a motorcycle. At a, at a light, and then I'm 20 cars back. I'm going around everyone, and I'm going to I'm going to find out. Yeah, I'm going to get through it. Hold on one second. Let me see right here. So give us a call. Let us know what you think. 800-848-9222. Should there be helmet law? Should Doug be incarcerated? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> There's people that are listening that will call on that second question. No, I should not be incarcerated. So anyway, I told you that the, the the cop gave me a ticket for no helm. I couldn't. My my friend Dennis, who's probably listening right now, an ex New York City cop, was livid. I can't believe that guy put with all the stuff that's going on. Hey, listen, he needed the okay. He needed Let's the go money. to Judith in Brooklyn, of course. Hi. Hey, Judith. Well, Judith. Hi, listen, Doug. You have to wear a helmet, okay? Oh, here we go. Because, here we go. And I, my magenta Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I'm a Yenta Calaventa. Listen to me. <laughs> I want to tell you something. <laughs> Doug, I, I didn't call about your helmet thing. I'm holding on to call, talk about Chris Christie, okay? okay? So, Dick, let me just say, Chris Christie is a backstabbing snake in the grass, and it's always all about him, numero uno, just for starters. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, vultures of a feather stick together. What I mean is Christopher Ray was Chris Christie's lawyer, with this whole bridge grade thing. And you know what he did? Uh, Christy are Ray, you kidding me? He held on the head of the FBI was Christie's, before he was head of the FBI, he was an attorney yes. in practice listen, and represented Christie? Listen, listen, yes. And he held on to Chris Christie's private cell to protect him from indictments. Okay? Check it out. That's wow. what I want to tell you. This is wow. who Chris Christie is. He's a backstabbing nobody. He's there just to disrupt and make uh, trouble. That's what he's there for. I don't know who's putting him up with money and all. And just again, Doug, please be safe. Put on a helmet. I can tell you how many people really, really fell off. And you know, the truth is when you feel fear, then you shouldn't do anything. But even so, you never know. Someone else could, like, come in, God forbid, whatever. And you, you know, you have to wear I a helmet. I just saw a note flash on the screen. Somebody called in and said people under 18 have to have helmets in New York. Is walking? There, is there a caller who said that? <laughs> For walking? Okay. Um, the uh, Let's go to uh, Larry in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, so, um, Rich in Westchester. Rich in Westchester. Rich. Hey, good, good morning, Dick. Yep. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. And good Doug, morning. if you're there... Yes, Go good morning. I'm in Westchester, but I am actually live in Connecticut, and I'm a motorcycle rider. Can you right. believe that in a deep blue state like Connecticut, there is not a helmet law? No. Every time it passes, it boggles my mind. I know. Well, um, I'm not sure maybe, how that happens. Maybe you have to wear a helmet when you walk in Connecticut. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do not understand not having a helmet. Now, Doug's point that he's made to me, at least, is that okay? When I'm, I need to wear a seatbelt when I'm driving because there are other people in the car, there are other motorists on the road. But why do I need to wear a helmet when I'm on a motorcycle? I'm not endangering anyone else. I'm just endangering myself. I, I think that it's not a problem. I, I think that he's wrong. It reminds me of when. Uh, what, 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 how do you feel I'm wrong? Well, what's, what's, I think that that if you endangering yourself on a motorcycle. Yeah. I think you're endangering other motorists. Why? Because well, what do they you, have to do with it? If you crash and hit your head and get knocked out, you're on a motorcycle that can crash into other cars or can kill pedestrians. It's not like you got off the, phone, the motorcycle and then hit your head. You're driving at 70 or 80 miles an hour. It's not hour. like I'm taking the helmet off and I'm throwing the helmet at the guy's windshield. <laughs> yeah. You're traveling at 70 or 80 miles an hour in that that's a hazard. But that's not going to cause any problems with anyone else around me in a car. Let's sure. go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hey, Sandra. Oh, hi, guys. I love listening to you. You're so funny, both of you. Listen, Doug, I ride my bicycle, and I never wanted to wear a helmet, but recently I started to wear it. It becomes a good habit. If I should fall, my head is protected. You never know what's going to happen. It's better to be safe than sorry. My husband was is a plastic surgeon. Well, he used to see a lot of people that had accidents on motorcycles. It happens. You have to be careful. All right. 
So I want to, I want to <laughs> think about you. Jack's so point much. of view is that his head is not a vital organ. <laughs> well, I have to I have to say this right now. Thirteen years ago, I fell and had brain damage. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. It was like I was stroked out for for quite a few. The years. only residual effect of that is he became conservative. <laughs> <laughs> But I did have a bad accident, and I hit my head. And I remember my mother saying to me in the hospital, is this it for the motorcycles you've done? Sandra, you had a comment about I China. No, though. okay, I'm sorry. Go, Sandra. Well, 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 now I have two things. One, last night I saw on the, on the, net, on, uh, the Newsmax ticker that you recommend that Donald Trump not debate. Now, yep. if Chris Christie, the big brood, is going to be up there, don't you want him to defend himself? I think that Trump... It's not going to be a debate if Trump isn't there. Uh, nobody will watch. It'll get like sub-zero ratings, too low for zero, as Elton John said. And I think that what Trump should do is he should say, I will not debate under the sponsorship of Fox News. Fox News is anti-Trump. They have commentators on there who don't report the news. They just report everything they can that's adverse to Trump. It's owned by Rupert Murdoch. And I went through the experience in 2016 of debating Megyn Kelly. Right. And I went through the experience in 2020 of debating Chris Wallace. Right. And I want to debate my opponents. So the guy what that's Trump on the ticket. Is that what I will do is have my representatives meet with the other candidate, the other campaigns, and come up with a list of topics. And every 15 minutes we change topics. And within that, each candidate gets to speak for a minute or two minutes. You only have a timekeeper. You don't have a, quest, a journalist well, question. not a referee or anything, just a timekeeper. Timekeeper. Okay, timekeeper. So Go. right now we're going to talk about China. Okay, Mr. Trump, it's your turn, and he speaks for two minutes. Okay, Mr. DeSantis, it's your turn. He speaks for so two minutes. So they put the topic up, and they say, okay, now it's your Everybody turn, gets five two minutes. minutes or whatever. Yeah. Sure. And there's Good. no moderator, there's nobody to ask questions, there's nobody to inject With their, their opinions, opinion, right. only the candidates that are running for office. And one of the things that Ronald McDaniel at the National Committee wants Trump to do is to agree that he will not participate in any debates not sponsored by the Republican National Committee. That is baloney. Trump should say, go debate yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll participate in whatever debates I want. And I won't participate in any I don't want and bug out and stop bothering me with this stuff. He's not going to use those words, but... Well, I'd like him to. Yeah. I'd like him to. Okay, now let's, when we come back, let's talk about Mrs. Robinson's debate experience. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. First of all, don't think you're going to be cheated out of anything great if Trump doesn't debate. Uh, you're going to have 12 candidates. And, in fact, they won't be able to fit all 12 into one debate. So they'll have six in one and six in another. And the one that Trump is in, everybody will watch. The one that Trump is in, nobody will watch. And so you're going to have one debate if they do it right with Trump and DeSantis and anybody else who's a strong candidate. And then you'll have everybody else on the second screen. But will somebody please tell me why Donald Trump should debate? He's in the polls now at 56% of the vote. And no other can DeSantis gets 16%. And no other candidate breaks 10%. Why should he give these guys coverage? The only reason people watch the debate is because Trump is on it. So why should he give them the coverage of doing that? Uh, <clears throat> why should he do that? It's, it's stupid. And on top of that, you have the Republican National Committee insisting that Fox News sponsor the debate. Why don't we have Joe Biden sponsor the debate as well? Uh, why don't we have DeSantis sponsor the debate? Hunter could hand out some uh, smoking. Yeah. It's absurd that Trump has to debate. And uh, I believe he doesn't have to. And I think that, that, it's, that he should absolutely tell them to, to go stuff it. I think the problem is he's got to get the other candidates on board. No, he doesn't. He just decides what he's going to do. I'm not going to do it. Or well, I am going to do it. He says, hey, Newsmax, because uh, they'll cover him. Uh, I'm going to be debating on uh, Tuesday at uh, 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. And they'll go. And every candidate that wants to is, is can come on. 
and the ground rules are we'll have certain topics, we'll have a stopwatch, and if you don't like it, don't show up. And if you come and show up, those are the ground rules, and you either take it or you leave it. And All Trump right, can like do it. that. Like and then anybody that doesn't Imagine want if nobody to, shows up? Well, that's great. You know, he gets a whole hour. Oh, wow. And, and in fact, I think that if, he go, that if Rona McDaniel goes ahead and schedules a debate without Trump agreeing to it, I think Trump should have a rally at the same time in some other place and be on Newsmax and drown out the debate. And nobody will watch it. They'll watch wow, his rally. stuff. I mean, act like the front runner. You got, you got the advantage here. Don't have, don't pussy around and let Rona McDaniel, whose loyalty I suspect, who I think really doesn't want the Republicans to win, don't let her set the ground rules for this thing. Now, before he hits me over the head, let's go back to some of the helmet law. Let's go to Russ and White Plains. Hey, Russ. Hey, Dick. Hey, Russ. Is it true? Is it true? I heard that you and Roy Innes were riding around on a seventy-one Triumph Bonneville twenty years ago. No, no way. I couldn't even ride a tricycle. <laughs> no, I think he's thinking about when Eileen took you on the moped. And, uh, oh, yeah. I think there was a time when I went to Bermuda and Puerto Rico with Eileen, and uh, I and we rode a moped. Uh, Eileen used to have a motorcycle when she was in college, and uh, but I couldn't ride a bike. And uh, <laughs> I, I sat at the rear holding on to Eileen, well, all the Puerto Rican men whistled at me as I passed. At you at me, or Eileen? At me, because that was the way they were booing me and saying, oh. hey, man up, guy, what are you doing on behind? You're a Nancy. What are you doing on behind the, the motorcycle with Eileen? Okay, let's go to, uh, who else we got on motorcycles? Let's go to Pamela in New Jersey. Hi, hey, uh, I agree with you about the, hi, uh, I agree with you on the debate. But as far as uh, helmets go, helmets can also decapitate you. After all, you're talking about moving 70 miles an hour. You're not on a bicycle. So when you crash, sometimes it can rip your head off or cause, you know, a- another issue or something. You know, you, there's, uh, you know, pros and cons. Yeah, they say that the weight of the helmet, I've heard that. Oh, I, I've heard that before. Um, first of all, I, I don't want to wear a helmet because that's why I ride a motorcycle. I want to be out in the open. I want to smell the roses, the whole thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the idea of the... And your point and, is... And in the city, it's hot. You're at lights all the time. You have the helmet. It gets hot. So... Let's go I, to Bill in Bridgeport. I'm not saying hey, Bill. I'm right. Hi, Bill. Hey, Phil. Hey, Bill. Hi, I hey, love, Bill. love the program. Uh, I got to tell you something really weird. Uh, <laughs> this is about 10 o'clock at night. I was going to pull out on the highway... I was in the shoulder waiting for traffic to go by. Two motorcycles came down. Uh, according to the, uh, the analysis of the accident I had, they were traveling at 165 miles an hour. Wow. They saw oh me God. in the shoulder. They slowed down before they hit me at a hunt to 135 miles an hour. Oh, they wow. completely destroyed the front end of my car. Uh, I'll just keep it as short as possible. I was very close to being killed. And they, their bodies flew about 200 feet down the road. But here's the thing. Um, I was not to blame. I had received no ticket, no violation, anything else. Mm-hmm. I was on the shoulder. These guys hit me. It was dark. Why they turned to me and hit me, I have no idea. Anyways, they had no license, no registration, no insurance, no helmets, okay? And their bikes are totally destroyed. What happened to uh, them? They survived it. Every bone in their body was broken. They survived it. But listen to this. Three months later, the marshal showed up at my house with a lawsuit. They found a lawyer who decided to sue me, even though I had no blame for the accident. Now, this thing was processed. It went to court and went before a judge. He was to, to pick the trial date and see if it was worthy for trial. And he told my lawyer, he said, I just had a case like this, and it was settled for a million dollars. All right? <laughs> Okay. So listen, what he said was, he told this lawyer, the lawyer is kind of a shady guy, and he, he told the lawyer, he said, look, why don't you settle for 100000 And the insurance company accepted it. And the lawyer oh told God. me afterwards, my lawyer said, you know what, Bill, if this went to a jury, these two guys were very sympathetic fellows. They're only 25 years old, but they were nice guys. They were just stupid, you know. He said, the jury's going to say, hey, Mr. Bill here, he wasn't to blame. 
but the insurance company's got plenty of money. Let's give them a million bucks because their lives wow. are ruined, well. you know? Okay, well, thanks for your story. Let's go to Debbie in Monroe. Hi, Debbie. Hi there, guys. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. Just, a th- just one note about the helmet. We love you too much. Please wear one. <laughs> but about Christy, which is why I called. And, Dick, please correct me if this is inaccurate. I respect you. He will. When, Don't worry. He will. <laughs> when <laughs> Christy was governor of New Jersey, our senator, then Frank Lautenberg, passed yep. away. Mm-hmm. And Christie was looking forward to a reelection campaign. He was concerned that Cory Booker would run against him and possibly win. So what did Christie do? He named Cory Booker a Democrat to be our replacement senator. I remember which in this. My view shows that Christie was more concerned about Christie mm. than he was about New Jersey. Yep. Uh, I have a recollection of that, too. Uh, <clears throat> I think that that's true. I, I think that the deal was that he was worried that if Booker was running, he would attract the black vote, which would, which would uh, dominate the election and doom Christie's re-election chances. So he figured that by naming Booker to the Senate, He'd get him out of play. He wouldn't run in a special election, and therefore the black vote would not turn out, and Christie would survive. I had totally forgotten about that, but I believe you're absolutely right in what happened there. Uh, and it does illustrate that this guy is absolutely just out for himself and could care less about anybody else. Um, unbelievable. Uh, let's go to uh, Phil in Brooklyn. Hi, Phil. Hello. Hello, Phil. Hello. Hi, Phil. Can you hear us? Let's go to Hi, Robert. Robert in Suffolk. Let's go to Robert in Suffolk County. Hi, Robert. Hi, fellas. I found no law that the localities, states, and local governments can be used against them by the federal government. To, so that the localities can enforce immigration laws. They can detain, arrest where there's probable cause, when they find violations, and then petition a federal court to have immigrants deported. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, immigration is constitutionally reserved for Congress to legislate. But um, most of the immigrant deportations, the vast bulk of them, or after they've committed crimes in the United States. And uh, there there are very few deportations that are not criminal, that are not based in a crime that oh, really? the, the illegal immigrant committed. Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of them, and they have to drill through those before they get to the people that were law-abiding and they just want to throw out of the country. And you can always go after those people based on their criminal history, based on what they've done. In most cases, they were released early. And, uh, and and you can go after them. So it really is something the state can enforce. But that's the point that they make in Arizona and Texas and the various border states, that the states are largely handcuffed in this because of federal preemption. And they really can't control the immigrant population that's deluging their state. Um, speaking of that, let's go to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Tim, is that Tim? Yeah, to- Tony. Tony, yeah. Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, guys. I'm not going to throw any darts at DeSantis today, but I want to say something to Doug and Dick. I want to tell you guys the story quick. When when I was in the um, auxiliary police, that was one phase of my many years ago, I met someone and we had a date, and our first date was on his motorcycle. And nice. Yes, and where did we go? We went over the Verrazano Bridge, Doug. I did not have a helmet on, but my heart was still in my mouth anyway. And it was, like, so exciting. And so, I, you know, I could imagine your feeling of not wanting a helmet on. I think I might have felt more weighted down. But right. going over the Verrazano Bridge was, like, 
I never went on a motorcycle again. So beautiful, but I have isn't to tell it? You, it was amazing. That's cool. You know, I'm, cool. I'm up in Westchester and Connecticut area a lot. You know, I come out of the city. That's the most beautiful motorcycle riding, I think, in the whole country is Westchester and Connecticut. You know, the New England. It's so beautiful. So uh, let's go to Rob in New Jersey. Hey, Rob. Oh, uh, yeah. How you doing, fellas? Good. What's up? Okay, so basically my question is based on both monetary and ideological loss. If Trump gets reelected, will the green energy left people try to sabotage our energy grid, meaning the uh, oil and gas pipelines? Well, uh, I, I think there would be heavy criminal penalties for that. Uh, you couldn't do that just as an act of civil disobedience and hope to get away with it. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think what is going to happen is that all the pipeline, all the pipelines will be opened up and we'll really have a viable energy grid. You're raising the energy grid, Rob, is a key thing. We have not faced the ultimate result of, of the uh, green movement, which is that we'll have brownouts throughout the entire country. Uh, this summer, if you think you're going to exist in air-conditioned comfort, you're wrong because the air conditioning is going to conk out. Uh, we are not equipped in the energy grid to deal with the problems we have and the use we can have. And the reason for that is that we're replacing reliable coal plants with unreliable solar and geo, ge, geothermal and wind turbine generators. And uh, they're not reliable. We can't count on them. And uh, they're going. It's going to show up. You're going to see incredibly how we're, there are brownouts all over the place. Other countries have it, and we're going to have it. Uh, so uh, I love talking about bikes. And uh, let's say, let's be wild. Yeah, let's listen to that motorcycle again. That's me. Sounds great. That's me in Delray, Florida. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 